and welcome to another newsflash episode of Unpacking the Case by Dammit Jones-Bold, the Real Estate Law Specialists. I'm joined as ever by Richard Snape, our Head of Legal Training. Hi Richard. Hello Lizzie, and how are you? I'm good, thank you. Not too bad. We're back with another newsflash. Mm-hmm. We, we are hot off the press because we've had a bank holiday in between, but this is one from the 4th of April uh, from the High Court, around easements and in particular intensification of use. And the case is Bucknell and Alchemy Estates Limited. Uh-huh. Shall I tell you the, the background facts? And... Yeah, let's start there, shall we? Well, it's um, intensification of use, you know, if you've got an easement, specifically here, easements of access tend to be the most litigated by far. When the question is, if, you know, most obviously, if you're sort of, you know, accessing one property, can you, you know, sort of build several other properties on the same place? and still have the same easements. And that's uh, this is the latest of many cases uh, in relation to that. It's actually something I get asked a huge amount, not just by lawyers, but uh, frequently by surveyors uh, in relation to the area. All took place uh, near Sevenoaks in Kent, uh, rural Kent by the sounds of it. And uh, the uh, Ms. Bucknell uh, had uh, purchased um, sort of uh, a farmhouse Hollywell or Holywell, we just don't know. Farmhouse back in 2014. And um, Alchemy Estates had been set up. They'd acquired neighbouring property. It was called The Yard. And they've been specifically set up to, to develop uh, The Yard. They had planning permission for two houses. But access was across the farmhouse land. They clearly had an express right of access. Not the right when it was actually created in 1972 the land itself was on the sort of farm buildings and barns and likes originally the whole of this area had been in common ownership that had been divided into into four different plots back in 1972 and there was this express right to use this uh, driveway and say to these uh, to the yard and these barns there were actually another couple of houses using the same right of way they were residential use from day one well, the real question was that uh, can they um, knock down the barns and the outbuildings and use the, the same access way for the two houses? Shall I tell you what the initial easement said? Yes, please. It was commonplace, um, isn't it? again, the lawyers will know, in all purposes easements, that you could use at all times and all purposes with and without animals and vehicles and uh, there seems to be some that was 53 to 55 meters long it was a single track there was no passing places it, there seems some doubt as to whether it was initially tarmacked but certainly there were photos um by 1976 of the this uh, driveway this 53 to 55 meter wide driveway in tarmac and so that was the background ms bucknell objected to all this and she went to court for a declaration and an injunction and the declaration you can't use other than as uh, you know, the, sort of the farm buildings and the injunction stopping the use. Shall I go through what the judge said? Yes, do tell us. He, well, it was a long, long law report, but uh, they they dealt with several issues. But I suppose the best one to mention is the you know, the intensification of use point. And they quoted various cases in the past, uh, which made quite clear if you've been given specifically express grants of an easement of access then you're not limited to, to that use forevermore. I and mean, one of the earlier cases, uh, it's quite a famous case, was uh, 
a case called White in the Grand Hotel of Eastbourne, which is a court of appeal case from uh, 1913, where originally the land that was you know, claiming the benefit of the easement was a large private house, and they converted into a hotel. And the court of appeal decided you still got the same you know, rights. There is another case, quite a famous one, I've been mentioning over the years in courses, a case called Jelbert and Davis, which was from Cornwall, just outside Penzance. It was agricultural land accessed across a neighbouring piece of land, you know, sort of trackway. They said there were probably half a dozen tractors going up and down a day. But the the, uh, the dominant owners got uh, planning permission uh, to have a, a caravan park there. Probably thought they'd arrived in life. And in the summer, at least, there wouldn't be half a dozen tractors going up and down. There would be 200 cars and caravans on average. And that was held to be a, an unreasonable intensification of use. And I suppose there were various other cases that they discussed, but um, perhaps the other one I've mentioned over the years in courses was a 1993 Court of Appeal case called White and Richards, which basically said that, especially with all-purposes easements, you're not limited to the initial use. You know, you can change the use, but uh, it depends on very much on the circumstances and whether it's sort of reasonable in relation to the, the actual land itself. And White and Richards, it was uh, all-purposes easement for vehicles and on foot. And they wanted to drive up about 2.7 metres wide and a 250 metre long trackway. It wasn't tarmacked. And the, the dominant owners wanted to drive large lorries up there. You could churn up the land enormously, and that was held to be unreasonable. And the judge admitted that everything really depends on its facts. But on the facts here, they decided this was a reasonable use of the land, not least of which because the, the, the driveway the access way was already being used by two residential properties and had been since the early 1970s. But it's a difficult area, Lizzie, you know, to predict. Some of the cases you can't predict with about, without the benefit of hindsight. I remember back in 2009, a couple of cases. One was quoted by the judge, a case called Thompson and B, which is an all-purposes easement, and it was held uh, on the facts that got appeal refused to reverse the first instance decision that you couldn't uh, build three houses on this land, whereas in another case, a few months beforehand, literally dabbled in poll said you could. So it does depend on its facts, Lizzie. So what's the importance of a decision like this in relation to, to this area of law? I think one of the things, I suppose, is that, you know, make the drafting quite precise and clear initially, but I can't pretend that some of the cases you couldn't, uh, sort of without the benefit of hindsight, you couldn't predict. It's an area that's not going to go away as well. As people get planning permission more and more for not yeah. just residential developments, but how one or two houses in the back garden, kind of thing, mm -hmm. houses in the paddock. So it's an important area. It's probably worth compromising on occasion and not just going straight to court. Indeed. And that's it. Excellent. Thank you very much, Richard. Ah, my pleasure, Lizzie. Thank you, Richard. And thank you to everyone for listening. We'll see you again in our next episode.